In a world of bus schedules and business calls, sidestep into a realm of Koigyu casting in Klingons. Okay, people, get your geek on. Hi everyone, it's the 28th of March 2014, and you're listening to episode 88 of Knit One Geek 2. I'm Karen. I'm Maggie. And we are huddled down in the impending fandom explosion bunker. Where we've got yarn and comic books. And we are preparing for the mountain of feels which will descend upon us with Captain America. And future episodes of S.H.I.E.L.D. that we will talk about. Yes! Oh my god. Less than a week. To Captain America 2. Somebody please send a lot of Kleenex. Yeah, I don't know if we're going to need Kleenex. We might need drugs to, like, calm down the anxiety and the, exci- and the you know, bouncing off the walls. Teddy bears and handkerchiefs? Yeah, I don't know if we're going to need... I don't know. See, I don't know if it's going to be, like, a crying sort of... Well, I have heard people being like, Oh, I just found a spoiler and now I'm sad! And it's like, fuck! <laughs> Stop doing that! You saying that is practically spoiling me because I have a bad feeling about... Things that could happen. Your feels become all confused. Yes. Less than a week. We have our tickets. I bought them last night. Awesome. But let's go into knitting. Yes. Knitting first. So, what, what have, have you, you been, been knitting? knitting? <laughs> all right. I'll wash in. you for it. One, two, three. <laughs> One, two. <laughs> Dang it. Not only did we say it in unison, we both picked scissors. Come on. Come on. One, <laughs> two, three. Ha. Got you. We have been doing this for too long, dude. We are developing telepathy. And I know about you, but my brain is a scary place. I don't think I want to let you in. (laughs) I don't think you want to go in there, either. (coughs) My brain is full of fanfic ideas and... And naughty things to do with Coulson, I know. Yes. Okay, so... What's that? What's that? What's that? This is... um, This is a sock that I'm working on. And it's basically one that I'm just sort of put together from Stitch Pattern. I love it when she says that, you know, guys. Oh, I... Didn't find a sock pattern I liked. I made one up. It's from, it's the... Oh, go burn in hell. <laughs> it's the Traveling Vine stitch pattern from, I believe it's more Sensational Knitted Socks. Or or it's from Sensational Knitted Socks. Both of which are by Ch- Charlene Church. So it's from one of those two. I can't remember. I just wrote, I just basically drew the chart for the stitch pattern in my little knitting notebook. Okay. So that I didn't have to lug the other books around. I didn't have to, like, photocopy it or something. And I'm doing it out of... Just as a side note, I'm curious. What does everybody else use to lug their patterns around? Do you have a little knitting notebook like Karen does? Or do you use an iPad or a tablet? Or do you just literally carry your patterns around old-fashioned paper or bookwise? With me, it depends on the pattern. If it's just... If I'm basically just... If it's basically a pretty simple pattern and it's just a simple sort of stitch pattern, then I just copy it into my little notebook thing. So I just lug that around. If it's like an actual pattern where I might need more of the instructions or if it's a large chart or something, I print out the pattern because I don't have an iPad. And my... I occasionally use my iPod Touch, but it's... The screen's a little small. Teeny tiny. This yarn is from Another Crafty Girl. It's her sock weight, regular sock weight yarn. And it's in the colorway Companion Cube, which is a portal reference, I believe. I haven't played the game. I just thought the the colors were really nice because it's a a nice, fairly strong pink and a gray. And for once, I cannot say it. What? It doesn't match your shirt. No, it doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I seem to remember I was looking at her shop at one point and I saw basically the same colorway, but it was looked like it was maybe under a different name. So, but yes, so I really like her dyed stuff, and I'd had this in the stash for a while, and I wanted to, kind of just wanted to do a sock, especially after doing a couple other things and you know doing the the knitting Olympics project. I figured I should just grab a skein of yarn from my stash and just find a pattern and just do it. Do you remember when the yarn harlot was it? Two years ago or something like that, she divided it up a a pattern and a skein at random. Yeah, she and made them in she made up. Yeah, she yeah. made up her own like sock club. Yeah, out of her stash. See, the only problem with that is that I would change my mind <laughs> by the time I got to that pattern. Like I'd be like, nah, I don't really feel like doing this right now. I mean, with this, I started a different pattern, a totally different pattern with this yarn. Okay, and started doing it. It was like, eh, I'm not really feeling this at the moment. It wasn't that the pattern was you know, wasn't, was bad or it doesn't look good or whatever, but it was just like, just, eh, it just didn't fit my mood at that moment. So I just went back and found something else. That's totally And it's fair. really pretty. It's got these little like wavy eyelets and stuff. It's super pretty. Um, I finished the heel on it. I still need to actually try it on my foot. Dun, da, da, da. Drum <laughs> so roll. let's do that right now. Drum roll, everybody. Please. I was just thinking today. I should probably do that. Hold on. Oh yeah. That fits nicely. It makes it. Yeah. I had, I mean, I had measured... When I went to do the heel, and I'm just doing a simple short row heel. When I went to do the heel, you know, I sort of kept tugging it on to see, like, yeah, okay, that looks like it's far enough on my foot that it will fit once I have the heel on. But I usually like to check just once, sort of just after I finish the heel, so that just in case I can rip it back a bit and fix it then, rather than get to the top of the leg and, oh, shit, this doesn't really fit that well. Yeah, do like you did with me with the, the daughter air socks and... I can't even get this over the arch of me foot. Have to rip it all out. Yeah. And not even like, and sometimes it's not even to the point where like, this doesn't fit at all. It's just more like, this is really tighter than it it should be. But so it doesn't seem to be doing well. And I actually finished something in the interim since we had podcasted. I forget if I mentioned. (laughs) I was doing the, I made the Irish mesh cowl by Joe Strong. I made it for my mother and I did it in the uh, Lorna's Laces Soulmate in the Sparrow Lake colorway mm-hmm. that I got at the Needle Emporium. It's the special colorway just for the Needle Emporium. That's right. Because Sparrow Lake is where they go do their retreats and Sparrow Lake is also right where my family went to the cottage for years. So that was the one a few months ago where they said they were going to have it and I was like, I need to have this. Yes, I remember this I was on a mission to get this. There was 18 music going in the background. Yeah. So that went really nicely. It looks really pretty. I don't have it to show Maggie right now because my mother is out and she's wearing it, which is nice to know, which is nice to have. It's it's always nice to know that people actually (laughs) wear what you gave them. Yes. The only thing I found with this pattern, once I downloaded it, it's in a fingering weight that you can easily adjust it for whatever size. But you basically, I mean, it's a cowl, so, and it's sort of like more infinity scarf size. It's, okay. it's a fairly, it's a very wide cowl. You cast on like 200 something stitches, but it's 200 something stitches done in the round in fingering weight. And the first few rows and the last few rows are done in seed stitch. Oh, it is a lesson in patience is what you're saying. My nemesis. I did actually, thanks to this, take some time to try and get better at knitting continental. But when I actually started and I did sort of get the bit of the hang of it, but when I actually started the cowl, just something about it was just like, I don't think it was, it wasn't actually going any faster, I don't think, because I was unused to the movements. So I was slower, knitting more slowly. So after a while, I was just like, fuck it. <laughs> I just switched back over to doing it right-handed and just dealt with it. 
for those rows. But it's a really pretty cowl. It's a very easy stitch pattern um, that it does to make the little mesh loops. And when you're doing the mesh loop rows and stuff, it does actually go pretty quickly. And it's thankfully just stuck in that stitch in between the different, in between three different sections of the mesh stitch. So you do have occasional sections of, I can watch TV while I do this. Yeah. And I mean, even when you're doing the mesh stitch, you can you can watch TV if it's something that's not like you really have to pay attention to actually watching it, like to actually seeing what's going on on screen. You know, it, it's because you're slipping stitches, okay, knitting stitches, and then passing slip stitch stitches over. It's easier to watch what you're doing, but you definitely get into the rhythm, so you can do it pretty quickly. And like, if you're watching, you've got a movie on in the background that you've seen before, or stand up comedy, you can still, or you can an still pay sort of half attention to yeah. that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then, the one other thing I am working on right now, which I just started, and which occasioned day trip into Toronto last weekend, is basically my manager at work, who has been my manager since I started working there, so like eight years now, is retiring in mid-May. Sad face. I don't want her to go. Boo. So I decided I'd make something for her, and she wears a lot of, um, quite a bit of black and other sort of neutral colors. Her winter coat, I think, is black, if I remember correctly. So I thought something with like a sort of semi-solid gray would be really good to do a sort of scarf slash shawlette out of. Um, unfortunately, I don't have any of that in my stash. So I had to go to Toronto. Oh, noes. <laughs> I mean, I could obviously, I mean, I could have ordered over the internet, but with ordering like, you know, the Canadian, I couldn't really find many Canadian sources that had what I wanted that just had an online store. And, you know, with last few times I've ordered from the U.S., stuff has come pretty quickly. But there is always that you don't know exactly how long it's going to take. Yes, that's true. So I was like, well, I might as well just go to Toronto. So I did, and I found some lovely Madeleine Tosh Merino Light in the Dr. Zhivago's Sky colorway, which is kind of appropriate considering I work at a library, so there's a little literary connection. You can't go wrong with <laughs> Madeleine Tosh, really. Yeah, I know. See, that's what I, I like, as soon as I knew I was going to do this, and as soon as I sort of had the idea I'd like a gray, but something that's sort of semi-solid so that it had a little bit more visual interest than like a flat gray, Right. I knew immediately, like, I really should get Madeleine Tosh. Because she does those sort of subtle, shifty hues, like, perfectly. Especially for neutrals mm. and blacks and grays and stuff like that. And I've got a little swatch here. Because I was swatching last night. I am definitely going to have to go up a needle size. Because I'm doing the... I can never remember if it's metallurgy or metallurgy. I think it might be an American-British thing. Um, shawl. I think I've always heard it as metallurgy. See, I'm, I'm, pretty... I'm bizarre. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I've heard it metallurgy, though. But again, it might be a, an American-British pronunciation thing, like lieutenant and lieutenant. But yeah, it's by Very I Busy Monkey. I just want to it. <laughs> the shawl is by Very Busy Monkey, and it's you can buy it separately, or you can buy it as part of her Elements shawl collection. I bought the collection because there's like three shawls. In my, I'm, like Pretty much all of them I could knit. There are three of them that are like, I really want to make that. <laughs> this is one of them. So it was worth the investment. Yeah, it's a, it's sort of a crescent-shaped shawl with a, um, or scarf with a garter stitch part, and then there's a border that you knit on sort of sideways. But it's kind of neat because it's these sort of wavy shapes, but it's not very lacy. It's definitely more textural. Okay. Which I thought, you know, just sort of seemed right. 
Okay. You know, I don't know if my manager really likes the really lacy stuff or something, but this seems like it could be really cool. And it also helps that the edge of that edging is sort of flat. Like, other than the, the curve of the shawl, there's no, like, little lacy points or anything like that, which is probably better for someone who is not a knitter. <laughs> and eventually will probably want to wash this thing. Yeah, that's true. Better that than giving her something which has, like, a million little points that she has to block out. And basically, this one... It starts like a lot of the triangular shawls I've done, where you do a little garter tab for the back of the neck, and then you pick up stitches bigger, and go right. back and forth. But this one creates the shape by doing three sort of garter stitch wedges. Now, I'm not sure. Well, it says the yardage says it, it goes between 400 to 440 yards. A lot of the people I've seen who've made it said they used about like 410 yards or something. The Madeline Tosh is 420 yards. So I should be okay. Yeah, I think so. But I have scouted out a couple places online, Canadian resources like um Unit has a couple a couple more skeins. I got it at Unit in Toronto. Okay. Um looks like they have a couple more skeins in their stock for their online sale page. They also have a couple skeins at the Needle Emporium. So I'm going to be just watching those and making sure they still have them. And that way, just in case, if I needed need more, I can quickly order from there and hopefully get it quite quickly. Because as I said, she's leaving in like mid-May. And actually, like we're having a going away. I'd like to have this done for her going away um, dinner that we're having for her. Because I know she's taking some, like using up some vacation time. Right. Just before her official End date. date. So I don't know when she's actually going to be at work. So not only do you have a... Not only do you have to knit this for somebody who's going away relatively soon, you don't have a factual deadline yet. Yeah, we don't have the schedules for the last two weeks she's going to be there. Or she's, you know, before her official retirement date. So I don't know exactly what day she's going to be at work. So the deadline is sort of hazy. The the deadline is wibbly wobbly timey-wimey. yes. I also have an exam to do in a week and a half, so oh dear God, I'm gonna need to uh, figure out how to study and knit at the same time, or something, or like divide up my time very carefully. It is gorgeous stuff, though. Yeah, it's the merino light is the it's the single ply fingering weight, and, and it is gorgeous. And the color shifts in this are just amazing. The single ply is just oh. Like, gray is not really my bag as a color, but except other than for, like, dress pants for work. But this, the way that the colors sort of shift in the Madeline Tosh stuff, there's a number of her hers that involve a lot of gray or black that I would totally love to make stuff out of. Okay, your turn. Well, I wanted to take a break from my mittens, and on complete impulse, I started knitting Colonel. This is from Knitty by Bonnie Sennett. Kernel is a lacy kind of shawl where you do one end and it's pretty much the sort of like chevron over chevron over chevron that we've all pretty much knit before. Mm -hmm. You have a little garter stitch section where some beads are come in and um, these beads may or may not have been in the collection that went into a certain dragon shawl. Mm -hmm. So I had them hanging around. This yarn, by the way, is the lipstick colorway of Nitpick's palette. So it's fingering weight. Mm -hmm. And then literally the rest of it is just a, you just knit, um, it's 16 rows. Half of those rows are rest rows and you just keep going and repeat it 23 times. Yeah. It looks like a little sort of leafy pattern or diamond pattern. Diamond shape. Yeah. Pretty. Like corn kernels. Get it going all the way to the end and like 
like I told you, because we have the frolic coming up, I'm going to be yes, a grown-up and get my own set of blocking wires. Ooh. Because every year I go, every year I look at them, and every year I say, no, I don't need them. Not that much. And then every time you do a lace project, you borrow mine. Yes. Not so. that I mind. So I will I get... don't care, but you know, then you no. have to... But then you have to wait until you see me and get them... I should be grown up and get me, my own. And then you have to do it, and then you have to remember to bring them the next time right. you see me. Also, because Tuesday was my birthday. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. <laughs> this is hilarious. So I got a present from the illustrious Michelle. And what better present is, is there than yarn? Well, if you can't have Benedict Cumberbatch, you can't have Tom Hiddleston, you might as well have yarn. Yes. And Michelle knows me very well because I'm holding on to some indigo dragonfly. It is in an emerald green... Slightly variegated mm-hmm. colorway. And the colorway name <laughs> is Loki Doki Asgard Foki Special Edition. <laughs> it's MCN sock, yeah, 400 some, yards. So some merino cashmere nylon. Yeah. It is so pretty. It is so pretty, and that name is so amazing. <laughs> yes, it is. And Michelle said that she had a colorway. That was a Cumberbatch derivative. Yes, she said it was called... Cumberbachinalia, and that these might be at the frolic. And Karen and I, if we had antennae at that point, they would just suddenly have perked Boing! straight up and start sending signals. This has to happen. I've already told, yes. I've already told my husband I'm bringing Cumberbatch home from the frolic, <laughs> and how he takes that is not my my problem. Yes. Needless to say, like we are planning like Mission Impossible style attack on the Indigo Dragonfly booth. So in case on the off chance Kim actually listens to this or Michelle informs on us, Kim, you are warned. We need Cumberbatch and Alia. Tactical strike on the Indigo Dragonfly booth. <laughs> if, and... the, if there are credit cards that just suddenly whiz by and just go thunk. <laughs> like throwing stars. Yeah. Oh, yes. And, you know... We may bring an extra skein of it home. Possibly. Maybe. For uh, contest purposes. So keep listening for that. These are are going to have to... This is going to have to turn into a pretty pair of socks. Something very Norse and cable mm-hmm. and Celtic Brady kind of stuff. Yes. I think those have to have a Norse influence in them. Ugh. That's amazing. Okay. <laughs> we all... Like, when Michelle gave it to Maggie... We basically passed it around the table at Burgers last night, and then later at midnight. Midnight, yeah. And basically, people, everyone would look at it and then burst into laughter. Because, yes. And pass it to the next person. Yes. That would do the same thing. That is me. Yes. That is you, and it's also just such a wonderfully clever name. I love it. It's fabulous. Also, Loki. Don't get me started. I'll go Loki Pokey on you. (laughs) You keep your Loki Pokey to yourself. (laughs) Loki can poke me all he likes. <laughs> oh my god, Maddie! With his staff. Mm-hmm. His mighty staff. His mighty staff that might... His know. mighty magical staff. <laughs> oh god, and we don't mean it in the Coulson way. Oh dear god, I hope that I hope Tom Hiddleston never hears this. <laughs> I will never live it down. Oh god. I, I think you just guaranteed that somehow someone is going to find a way to get that audio file to him. I am never going to live that down then. <laughs> oh, dear God. I have heard him say, because uh, an interviewer said, so how is it being this, like, sex, sex, sex idol for all these people? He says, this is fuel for the fire for my two sisters. Are you kidding me? Oh, yeah. They must just love torturing him about this. Oh, God. 
Okay, okay. Zen mode. Back to earth. Back to earth. <laughs> and I told you, my husband is bound and determined to have me meet one of these gentlemen. Oh, Lord. He's, he's asked me what would happen if that if you got to meet, and I'm like, does not compute. I can't tell you that. The brain <laughs> shuts down. All of the semicolons are missing from my coding. And, like, <laughs> things are firing, nothing is moving, and, like I said, I would probably... If he has heard any of the things I've said about wanting to be in his pants, I will just fall over, and I will not move. Paramedics will have to come and get me. That's the only way I can get myself out of it. When in doubt, play dead. When in doubt, play coma. I can't stop breathing, <laughs> but I can I can play coma. Anyway, so that has that's been me. Okay, so that's it for you. Um, I don't think there's been too. But we also ordered yarn. Yes, we did. For the extra special project of Doomy Doomness. <sighs> yes, we did. We we are taking a big leap, and people, you better do this with us. <laughs> I will have the thread up soon. Because... before we get the yarn. Because we only talked about it, and everybody else suddenly made a bandwagon to jump onto. Yes. So now... We're doing it. Yes. I kind of case... hope we're not going to Mordor alone. Yes, and if anyone's wondering what we're talking about, this is the There and, and Back, back again. again story scarf oh of Doom. Oh my god. But yes, we ordered our yarn. We ordered, I think it's called Forest Hills? Yes, yes. By Cascade. It's apparently like a lace weight, heavy lace weight. I think we'll have to see when it gets here, but it's a merino silk blend. And so when it actually gets here, we'll tell you like the colorway names and stuff. Especially because I, I did order two diff- I did order, order three colors when you only need two because I wasn't exactly sure okay. which ones I'm going to use together. But yeah, so it's the There and Back Again Story Scarf by Frivolite Handcrafts. It is double knit and it has the entire images from the entire story of The Hobbit, basically telling the story. From one end of the scarf to the other. Whoosh. And this is for the Hobbit along. For December. So in other words, start now. Oh God. Help. 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 Didn't I say I was going to try running away from this and you said no? (laughs) Well, you should know better than to listen to me. God. (laughs) I remember telling my husband, for this year's Hobbit along... We're going to do a project that neither Karen nor I, it's its a brand new technique neither of us have ever done before. And he just stopped what he was doing and looked over at me. <laughs> and I, I said, can see this in my, men, in my mind's eye. I said, and it's in lace weight. <laughs> and then he puts down I'm what two he, millimeter needles. And he puts down his what he's doing and then he turns and looks at me. <laughs> oh boy, we are on the good crack. And, uh, and we were advised that we needed to start right away. Yes. <laughs> for December. Well, you know we say, go big or go home. This is the first time it's actually kind of terrifying me. We need, we Before are... Before I've been like, dude, I have to do this. This is epic and awesome. Now this is kind of scaring me. This is kind of like Bilbo leaving his bag end. Yes. What the hell am I doing? I don't know, but I'm going on an adventure. You, you step out on that road and you don't know where the road will take you. <laughs> you cast on that yarn and you don't know where the yarn will take you. There's going to be at some point, okay, everybody, how are we doing? And at some point, you know, Maggie's just going to be wrapped up in her yarn like this going, I'm okay. I'm okay. So, shall we move into Geek Squee? Yes, let's do. Okay, and since we were discussing Captain America and all things Marvel-y. Yes. We should mention a couple things, including one, which basically had me almost shrieking at work when I found this out. So, they have revealed the casting choice... For the cellist! 
on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I was going to say, if anybody doesn't know who the cellist is... Go watch Avengers again. And if you can't... And pay attention. <laughs> and, you know, if you can't figure it out by the octave change that's happening in Karen's voice. Phil Coulson had a romantic relationship at one point with a cellist who now believes that he is no more. And yep. he was emotionally poked and prodded yes. with such information about how she cried for days. Yes, when she after found out he she was, was told that he was dead. Yeah. So this is going to resurface in an upcoming it's the twenty second, isn't it? April twenty second. April twenty second episode of Shield. Yes, because uh basically the she was just a, a brief sort of off-screen mention that you heard when Coulson came to give the information about the situation, the uh, wanting to get the Avengers together to Tony. And as he and Pepper Potts are getting in the elevator, you can hear Pepper asking him, oh, how's the thing going with that with that cellist? He's like, oh, she moved back to Portland. She's like, aw, boo. <laughs> Pepper and Coulson were bros. Um, and then later, Tony makes a comment about like, look, I'll fly you to Portland. Keep love alive. And then they sort of expanded on that in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. with revealing stuff that makes it basically makes it seem like they were very close and had a very strong relationship. And oh dear God, I'm going to need the Kleenex for this episode. This is part of the reason why I wanted the shipment of Kleenex, teddy bears, handkerchiefs, whatever you suggest. Yes, because they have announced that Amy Acker of other Whedonverse fame is going to be playing the cellist in this episode. And it's going to involve Coulson having to protect her. From some other, like, threat from her past. And apparently, like, in the 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 interview that she did with Marvel on Marvel.com, the way she makes it sound is like, this is something that, like, he has protected her from this in the past. Like, this isn't just something that's rising Brand up new. now and she okay. doesn't know about it. And see, at first, like, not helped by... <laughs> Basically, my favorite level, my favorite Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast is the Level 7 Access podcast. Except JD from that podcast loves to twist the knife for us Colson fans because he knows it'll make us cry and make his co-host Paige cry because she's a big Colson fan. So, of course, he has to mention, you know, it would be really sad if she spends the, if he spends the entire episode trying to protect her and yet can never reveal that he's actually alive during the whole episode. Like, damn you! But the thing is, I saw an interview where she said, there is this glimmer, this glimmer. Yeah, see what this, the, that's the interview I'm talking about here. So this was how I was feeling. Now I've read this interview here on Marvel.com where the way she talks, she doesn't say she finds out he's alive, but the way she talks about it makes it sound like that could be a possibility. Right. She also talks about, like, you know, at the moment they've only got her for one episode, but she does talk about, like, oh, yeah, I just found that little bit here in the interview. It seems, she says, the way that it ends in this episode, it seems like there's a glimmer of hope that they may be together again or something like that. So maybe she finds out he's alive. In which case, in all, in all these cases, I am going to need the Kleenex. I've become such a fan. Yeah, that's Paige from the podcast. So you've seen this cartoon? Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, Paige, the, I should mention, too, the co-host of the podcast, Paige, is Paige Branson, who has done tons of fan art for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. She's had Clark Gregg and the other cast members retweet her fan art multiple times. <laughs> Maggie just pulled up one particular well, one. Well, Agent May is kind of like my hero. Yes. Okay. 
uh, I say this as I've come from Taekwondo this this evening, and I've learned a new Taekwondo move, and I'm like, yeah! But um, we'll link this particular comic so that yes. you can see. This is <laughs> Agent May doing the turning over to go to sleep after obvious coitus relations relations with a certain thunder god who it looks rather um distressed yes and she's telling him to get out and leave the helmet and rather bruised and scratched too from what i can see well, you go girl <laughs> yeah because apparently at the um there was a, an event recently called paley fest that the cast was at and some of the creators were at and she mentioned something about ming na mentioned something about <laughs> loving to see a Thor may fling. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, if you want to see Paige's work, you can see it at uh, <laughs> www... <laughs> Sorry. At www.star-crossedcomic.com. She is also at uh, Paige Branson on Tumblr. That's P-A-G-E. And yeah, she's a huge Coulson fangirl. Like we couldn't tell there. <laughs> yeah, Maggie's looking at one of the ones that looks almost like a comic cover or something, and Coulson is front and center. Oh, dear. Oh, Chibi! Coulson is, looks like, almost like he's nomming Captain America's head, but I know that's his chin. Oh, poor Loki at the bottom. He stepped on Loki. <laughs> and Clint's got a bruised head. From. Okay, okay, enough of this. Yes. I can look through this at another time. Yeah, we'll link Paige's art because it's adorable and wonderful. And they're hilarious on the podcast. And just so you know that, too, that's the Level 7 Access podcast. There is a Level 7 podcast, which I haven't tried listening to yet. But I found they have been, Level 7 Access podcast has been very balanced on, you know, talking about the episodes. Like, they mention when there's stuff they don't like, but they're also not, like, hating on it. Okay. They're also, you know, fairly knowledgeable, knowledgeable about how TV works, so they're not like, well, you know, they had that two-week break to completely rethink things, and so now this episode that's come right after the two-week break, it was, obviously they changed things. That's not how TV works, no. guys. That episode was filmed two months earlier, it doesn't work that way. Anyway, <laughs> so yes, moving into other things. In other Marvel news, while we're preparing for Chris Evans's next going... The Winter Soldier. As... Well, as Captain America. Captain America in Captain America the Winter Soldier. He has said that he's pretty much going to be acting mostly under Marvel contract until the end of that contract, or he's planning to be directing in the next few years. And I think the implication is, you know, when he, when he finishes his contract with Marvel, or when he's done with Captain America, he'd like to be directing, not acting. Which... On the one hand, good move. I'm sure, like, you know, like, playing Captain America has to take a lot out of him, mainly yeah. just from the having to maintain the that physical body the shape. physical shape. As well as, you know, doing the movies and stuff like that. Um, it also gives him a pretty long-term contract to deal with. Um, and it's always good for actors to also develop other, this other, other, skills. other skill sets that they can pursue. And, and, and it doesn't affect, it isn't affected by their physical appearance. Like, yeah. I think, um, or their, you know, or necessarily their, you know, box office right. return. Because, you know, there's certain actors who, you know, they had some really good movies and then they happen to get in one or two flops and where are they now? This is the way that the fickle nature of Hollywood. So. Right. I think it was, um, it was Robert Downey Jr. who said, you know, sooner or later somebody else is going to have to play Iron Man. Mm -hmm. I can't stop aging. Yeah. Someone's else going to have to do it. And but Chris Evans going into the di whole directing field, he's still staying in the whole movie genre, but he's finding another field to play in. Yeah. And I mean, it's also partly because he said um, in this interview with uh, Variety, you know, he said he's known for a while that he wanted to direct, but it's just 
he never has the time right now. There's always another movie coming up. There's always another acting job. So he says it's gotten to a point where he has to just like make the decision of like, okay, I am not taking on any other acting jobs. I am just going to be doing this contract acting job. And then I'm going to focus on, and in the interim, I'm going to focus on directing. And after that, I'm going to try directing. I wonder how you transfer over like that like do you become find somebody that becomes your guru and you sort of like follow them around is it different you know, i guess maybe different I guess it, de- it depends like i know some actors they've started with you know they've been able to leverage like their being in a movie acting in a movie and saying look you know to the studio depending on how how badly the studio wants them like look I want to direct, so you let me, if I act in this, if I agree to do this movie, will you give me a directing job here? Or if I act in this movie, I also want to direct it. Or, you know, there's different paths to it. I mean, right now he's got a contract for six movies, three of which are in the can. So we're talking, so three of which are Captain America, Avengers, um, Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier. The fourth one, Age of Ultron. Right is doing filming right now, I think. Yeah, currently filming. And then, so that leaves two more movies. Which, you know, at the rate they're going, like, it's been two years since his last contracted Marvel movie. Okay. So, he's got two more movies. That could be, you know, Ultra, Age of Ultron comes out next year. So it could be, like, 2017 that his last movie Movie actually comes out. Because they've been only been doing, they only do about two Marvel movies each year. I guess from an actor standpoint, it's nice to know that you have that sort of like work in the bag. Yeah. Coming down the line. Yeah. It's just, I'm sure it's nice to have that work in the bag and coming down the line. I'm sure also though, that also means like. He can't pursue other things. He can't pursue other things. He can't commit to other things because to certain other things because other things they'll be like, okay, we're going to be, you know, we want you for this. We're going to be filming during this time. He's like, Fuck, that's when we're, you know, because studios are planning movies out like three, four years yeah. ahead now. They know exactly what movies are coming out each weekend in the summer of 2018. He, he knows before that. He was like, well, shit, I can't do that because I'm have contract to do this thing here during this time. See also the problem with Sherlock. Everybody needs a TARDIS. Yep. By the way, that's what my son wants to, he wants to invent teleportation. <laughs> and I'm like, son, if you can do that. I will be so proud of you for reasons you don't understand quite yet, but mainly Yarny goodness reasons, but he just think <laughs> he just thinks it's so logical. Everybody should have a teleporter. It's so logical. Mm-hmm. Yes, I agree. You invent that and I will be so happy. Oh yeah, and I also noticed in the article, um Evans also says like like, you know, he says, For all I know in five years I might be like Shit, I miss acting. So, you know, uh, okay. it might not be you know, this might not be like I am never acting again. But it you know, it's it's more like, see, I see it more like he, this is something he wants to pursue, so he has drawn a line so that he can make it happen. Good for him. Good for him. And see, at least see how, how it goes. Okay, so segueing into movie, to news about comics, like comic comics, specifically DC comics, in this case. This is a resurgence of something we touched on months ago. Yeah, now we've got more information and some actual pictures. Because, um, actually, in April, they're going to be coming out with the issues of Justice League United that focus on Justice League Canada. (laughs) And in particular, Equinox, who is the name of the Cree teen superhero. Yeah, the Cree Nation teen superhero. This is the the, uh, character that we talked about 
that is based on an actual teen who was highly motivated in her Cree community. But this this uh, comic book character is based actually on a real life inspiration of a Cree mm. teenager. Yeah, it was inspired by uh, Cree teen activist Shannon Kustachin, who was she organized her fellow students in 2008 to lobby uh, the Canadian government to replace the temporary buildings that they had for their school with an actual, you know, real school building in her community of Ottawaspacat. Yeah, she was 15 years old when she led her fellow students to Parliament Hill to lobby the government. Oh, nicely done. Yeah, sadly she died like two years later. But she's she's 17. She's now immortal. Yep. So it's inspired, sort of inspired by her as well as... Um, the many teens that he met during his visits to Moose Factory, which is, yeah, it's way northern Ontario, up near Cochrane, which is, it's basically at the southern end of James Bay, so it is very far up north, and he actually made trips up there to talk to teens and to see, basically to see the, see where they lived and what, you know, their daily life was like. You know, it says that he spent time, you know, looking around. They have an abandoned Nor- NORAD base up there. He did, okay. like, trap line visits. Oh, okay. And basically, you spoke to them and got feedback on his ideas from the residents there. Good. He also, the design of her costume was based on native dress style for a dance, wasn't it? Yeah, and we're actually getting the information from a CBC article that was posted just a couple days ago, which has actual photos of some of the co- of the art, as well as there's a, pa- a page of the comic actually in there. Yeah, it says he drew in inspiration from Cree dress, which is worn for traditional dance ceremonies, and sort of streamlined the costume, made it look a little bit more modern superhero-y. Right. But yay, she's not pulling a power girl and showing boobs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and he said that he spoke to uh, Moose Factory musician and comic fan Nathan Chichu, who you know advised him to to take away all the stereotypical energy, stereotypical imagery, and you know mentioned that you know I don't walk around with beads and fringe and feathers and a loincloth. And I mean, in one of the in the sample comic page we have here, it looks like she's going up against some sort of bad guy. But at first, she's just wearing like from I can tell, it's hard to tell from, but it looks like she looks like she's just wearing a hoodie. And it's only when her badassery comes yeah, out, powers activate, that she actually has her superhero costume. Do so, they do they say what her powers are? They do somewhere in here. It's, it just says that her her powers stem from the earth and change with the seasons. That's cool. Mm-hmm. So apparently it's coming out in April. I took a look at Comixology earlier to see if I could find it, to see if I could find information about exactly when, but it didn't. I couldn't see an actual date. It just says in April in the article. So that's Justice, Justice League? It's Justice League United okay. is the main series, but they're doing a five-issue arc of Justice League, League Canada. Eee! I will totally be looking for this in my little comic book store. Yes. Because I really want to read this. Yay, Canadian! It's really an interesting article. Apparently tonight they're having something on The National, which is Canada's sort of evening newscast on the CBC. So they might even have... Um, if they have video of that online, we'll try and link it, though it'll depend on whether CBC has that stuff okay. geographically locked. Maybe not for the for The National. But yeah, I cannot wait for that. So now for something completely different. <laughs> <laughs> and by completely different, we do mean completely different. Yes. Unless you uh, think of mashing up cultures. Yeah, this is like really big Cuisinart kind of mashup. <laughs> yeah, dumping things in, blending them together. Um, because quite a while ago, I, I forget if it was with you, Maggie, or if it was somebody else, but I know I mentioned to someone that... God damn it, Doctor Who, at least New Who, has not done a Jane Austen episode. What the fuck? 
And the universe answered your call. Yes. Basically. And apparently Mark Gatiss heard me. <laughs> Mark Gatiss says, this is a disturbance of the force. And it's coming from <laughs> Ontario. Because basically in a recent Q&A that he did in Brazil, actually, he teased maybe the possibility the possibility of a Jane Austen episode of Doctor Who. With the new Doctor. Yep. I mean, they were discussing that he he really likes historical episodes. It's something I'd noticed, that his episodes, the episodes he writes, are usually based in some sort of historical okay. setting and really involve that time period. Um, and so he's mentioned, he's done ones in World War II, Cold War, and he did one... That involved, like, Charles Dickens, Victorian England. Okay. That actually was with Charles Dickens. Um, and he mentioned in the the interview that, you know, they've done episodes with Agatha Christie and Winston, Winston Churchill and Shakespeare. So he said, there's three writers there, so I think Jane Austen stands quite a good chance, actually. <laughs> I'm not sure what the adventure would be. Maybe an alien posing as Mr. Darcy. I have no words for that, really. <laughs> I just, I don't. I have no words for that. But, um, I mean, as the Mary Sue said, the uh, article on the Mary Sue says, Mark Gatiss, you had better not be playing with us. Oh, who am I kidding? This is Mark Gatiss. He's definitely playing with us. But maybe he's playing with us by making it look like he's playing with us when he really does intend to deliver on the Jane Austen goods. (laughs) Somebody there is desperately overthinking it. The carrot that is dangling in front of me may be made out of plastic, but it is still a carrot. Mm-hmm. I'm sure I can digest plastic. Yeah. So I really, really, really want a Jane Austen episode. Preferably not written by Stephen Moffat, but I really want a Jane Austen episode. I've got to wonder, when this man goes to whatever afterlife is waiting for him, <laughs> i, I got to wonder, like, just all of a sudden souls from everywhere are going, i got to have a word with you, mister, for what you have done. <laughs> Moffat, let me learn you a thing. But yeah, I really want a Jane Austen episode, and as I said to Maggie in an email. I want Jane Austen to be like the combination of Donna from Doctor Who and the Dowager Countess from Downton Abbey. Like, fabulously bitching up the place and snarking and... Being... Not taking the Doctor's shit. Yes, and not taking any of the Doctor's shit. And I would like the Doctor to be sort of like, oh, displeased about this, and Claire to be like, oh my god, I love her so much! Do you think the Doctor, the new Doctor, would be like that, though? Isn't he known as the wartime Doctor? Peter no. Capaldi? Isn't no. he known as the War Doctor? No, the War Doctor was from the 50th anniversary. Never mind. They're calling him the... I think Peter remember, Capaldi people, mentioned... I'm, remember, I'm still, a, <laughs> I'm still a who noob. I'm still a who noob. I think Peter Capaldi has said something about, you know, his inspiration being the Rebel Doctor. Okay, maybe case. that's what I was trying to remember. But, yeah, but we don't know what his personality is going to be like at this point. Because we've gotten, what, like three seconds of him. So we'd have to see what his personality is like when the show comes back. And how he would react to this sort of thing. But I would love the Doctor to be displeased about this and Clara to be like, oh my god, I love Jane Austen so much. <laughs> I am going to go back and read all of your things. And Let I'm- me learn at the feet of your bitchiness. <laughs> okay. Teach me the ways of your snark. That has to be on a t-shirt somewhere. <laughs> Teach me the ways of your snark. I want this. I, know I want do. this so bad. All right. Every- also, hey, it could involve Peter Capaldi in, like, Regency era dress. That can't be bad. Which, hello, the... Frock coat. Yeah, very dapper. The breeches. The very dapper, yeah. That could be rather interesting. And then also in things I want to see. And things I'm going to see. <laughs> Hands up at... Okay, everybody, it's science class. Who has been watching Cosmos? If you have not been watching Cosmos, why have you not been watching Cosmos? If you are in an area which is getting the, the show right now, and you have access to watch it, you need to be watching Cosmos. 
It's pretty cool. Yes. It's amazing. It is pretty cool. I nearly needed the Kleenex during the first episode because science is awesome. Science is pretty cool. Yes, it is. And it's even cooler when certain actors are going to be doing voice parts on it. Like Sir Patrick Stewart. Like, you cannot mistake that voice. Nope. He is going to be doing voice work for one of the episodes coming up. I think it's actually this Sunday's. This Sunday's? Episode. So, you know, last Sunday's. Sunday before last, depending on when you actually hear this. Yes. Remember, the time between... Episode five. Yeah. It's it's going to be wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey, but by the time this comes out, you will n- let it be known that Sir Patrick Stewart and Cosmos have united in some form or fashion. Yes. Which is kind of awesome that, you know, a fictional starship captain is doing a voice for an episode about real science. About space ghosts. Yes. Whichever that means. And I'm sorry, but all I can think about is the Nickelodeon cartoon from back in my youth going, Space Ghost! Alright, you didn't watch it? No. Never mind then. We didn't get, well, we didn't get Nickelodeon. And we didn't, you know, it was just sort of whichever one. Maybe it was the Cartoon Network. I don't remember. TD. Maybe farther back than that. Unless you're thinking Pigs in Space. No, not Pigs in Space. Sorry, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. This was, this was like, this is a guy dressed all in white with the black hood. Yeah, I don't remember that one. Yeah, Space Ghost. Oh, come on, people. Somebody else out there rem- must remember it. Never mind. I'm on my own. <laughs> but yes, if you haven't been watching Cosmos, you need to watch Cosmos, and not just because Patrick Stewart's going to be the end. Also because Neil, De- Neil deGrasse Tyson is amazing. So in Cravings, Covets, and Crushes this week, um, I have something that Tumblr probably hates me for. Tumblr hates you? Because Yes. Because I haven't received any messages of this. It just sort of feels like Tumblr might hate me for this. Because uh, I was, you know, browsing through Tumblr, as I am often want to do, and a picture of some yarn came up on my dash from one of the knitters I follow. And I was like, holy damn, that shit is awesome. I would love to have this. But oh wait, there's 300 notes on it. It's probably been purchased by now, considering the, the picture was from the actual person who had was selling this yarn. Right. And so I was like, oh well, I guess I'll look, oh, I'll go look at their website, just in case. You know, not even just in case. I'll go to their, I was sure that it had been sold by then. And I wouldn't probably wouldn't be buying any yarn anyway, but I'll go see what that what else they have, and you know, just nose around. Yeah, see what they might have, yeah. so that later later on, you know, I might want to buy something. So uh, I went to their website, and it was still there. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Fuck it, this is a law of the universe. I have to have this." It has big puppy dog eyes, and was looking at you. Not even. It was just sort of like I saw it, and I'm like, "Gotta have it." It's like, no, this is no no guilt, no second thoughts. No, I have to have this because this is you, absolutely in the basket. Gorgeous. So let me see, let me see, let me see. From a Canadian hand dyer and hand spinner called LongDrawYarn.ca. She's based in Edmonton. I got it is hand dyed, hand spun lace weight, three ounces, six hundred and eighty yards. It's in a gradient called. Actually, you might know better because it's a Norse name. I think it's N J O R. Um, if you put a D on the end of that. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce it properly. I am confessing that now, but Najord was the god of the seas. Yeah, and that's what she said the, the inspiration was. Because it starts off as, looks like a white and a light blue spun together, and gradually goes into darker and darker and darker blues into black. And it's a gradient. So, I mean, it starts at the light and progresses to the dark all the way through. That is crazy. It is amazing and gorgeous and when i look at it the main thing like the thing i saw thought of when i first saw it was like 
every picture I have seen, especially in books about the Titanic, that sort of show the progression of like the distance from the ocean surface to the ocean floor and how they always have that sort of wash of color in the background that right. goes very slowly from like the, the sunlight blues zone. up at the sunlight zone deeper and deeper and deeper into the the area of the ocean where no light penetrates and it's just black. So I saw this and I was like, nope, buying it. Gotta buy it. No choice. And then after I bought it, I went and looked at the notes and there was a whole bunch of people like, oh my God, can you imagine the the shawl you can make from that? And like, oh my God, that deserves something epic and all this other stuff. But yeah, so so with those notes... Of like people are being like, oh my god, can you imagine what this is gonna be made? What this could be made into? It's sort of like it, it almost feels a little bit like Tumblr's looking over my shoulder, and I'm going to have to post on Tumblr like so what, you gonna, what I actually make out of it. What you gonna do with I that? Oh, I kind of want like because of the name of it and because of the colors, I kind of want to do something that has sort of like waviness to it. I do want to do a shawl out of it, maybe a scarf, probably a shawl, um, and it should have some sort of like wavy pattern inspiration mm-hmm. to it. But it's got to be something, too, that also works really well with that gradient shift. It's going to be fabulous either way. But I need to figure out what that fabulousness is. So, yeah, so that's longdrawyarn.ca. She has some other stuff there at the moment. Though if you hover over the one that is the skein that I got, it says sold out. It's still on there. But she does have another one in the same colorway that she spun differently. And spun as a, like, a DK or a light worsted. And it's super pretty. But she's got some other pretty stuff there, too. She looks like she's named all of these after... Sif's golden hair! Sif's golden hair! Nice. (laughs) Peacock socks. Spotted half a lump. Loki! Loki. That one's sold out. That's all right. That looks really cool. It looks like it's like a dark green with, like, tiny golden beads. I've got my own. I've got my own Loki. (laughs) You've got your own Loki. Okay. And speaking of fabulousness, woo, we got a package that just arrived today all the way from New Zealand. So let me get the scissors and we will crack it open. I love this design work the on the design. outside. All right, I'm going to try and say this. Kaitiaki, a kaitiaki. All right, I've massacred that enough. Is the Maori word for protector or guardian? The design on this packaging represents tiaki, care, and New Zealand's post's role in watching over mail as it travels from one destination to another. <laughs> so yeah, so I can find scissors, so I just got a knife. So let's uh, slice open the tape here. Try not to slice open myself, because that would be bad. We're not podcasting live from the hospital, if I poke myself. This is well taken. Karen has been very good about not reading the label about what's inside. Yes, I was very careful today and did not read the customs label as tempted as I was. Because of course, from the customs label, you have to say everything that's inside. Yep. Okay, letter okay. on top. <laughs> Letter first, letter first. Okay, so. Letter. Dear Karen and Maggie. It's been a while since I've sent you anything, so I felt it was time to remedy that. Not that I haven't had plans with a capital P for ages. What? 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 Come to- I can't read over your okay. shoulder. I had family over in February, and we went on a little road trip to Hobbiton. And I thought you guys might like a little something something from the real Hobbiton. You can decide which of you gets which thing, but they're both Weta creations and genuinely from, from Hobbiton. Hobbiton. Oh my god. Next round of Hobbit sent the next round of Hobbit stamps from movie number two. This of course means you'll have to have movie number three stamps when they make their appearance. And of course, chocolate. chocolate. Oh, I think it's the chocolate that probably weighs the most in here. I hope this brings a little bit of Southern Hemisphere warmth to your cold Canadian climes. Really? Less than 12 degrees Celsius? Sweetheart. We haven't hit 10 in I don't know how Sweetheart, long. Today it was 12 degrees Celsius today, and it was 
though it didn't feel like it, it felt no. like eight. Yeah. And it was a heat wave. It was. It was. More like there were many they, days when it was sn- lower than minus, minus. 12 degrees Celsius. All, all, today, all of the mounds of snow melted away and people were able to find their cars and you their houses. Melted as the, you say melted as though they've all melted. The ones at the mall have not. Oh, that's true. <laughs> Okay. So, yes. so thank you, Awilda. Here we and, go. And we have both been playing that game Oop. that you posted. Oh, God. Okay, so there's something wrapped in here. Oh, my God. Green dragon magnet. Oh, that is so cute. The prancing, prancing pony. pony. Get everything out and yes. we'll decide which one. Okay, what's <laughs> we'll this? We'll decide off air. That is a very studly looking Oh, door. hello. Hobbit the Desolation of Smag. There's a little... Oh, it's a little... Oh, this is all the souvenir stuff. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Set of stamps. Ooh. Set of stamps for you. Ooh, set of stamps for me. With postcards. Studly dwarf again. Yeah, six cards with self-adhesive stamps affixed. Ooh. Hello. Oh, pamphlet of the Hobbit and movie set. Oh, it's got the little door. Yeah, I'm just making noises now. Yes, little maps of Hobbiton. Oh, I love this. There's a pamphlet for the... <laughs> Where the hobbit holes are hiding. Oh, I love that. With little directions on how to get there. Chocolate! Lots of chocolate. Nom, 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 oh nom, God! Look at yeah. the size of this. Yeah, this would be what we would create all the weight. Considering they're two 250-gram chocolate bars. Nom, nom, nom. Mm. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, much Wilda. This is awesome. Stuff all the way from Hobbiton. Oh, my God. I love this map of Hobbiton. I want to go. I want to go. And with the little pat walking pads and stuff they've got. Oh, God. I want to go to the party tree. That's... I don't think the car park is from the original Tolkien map, though. <laughs> All the hobbits drove smart cars. <laughs> I want to go have a party at the party tree. Bagshot Row. Bag it. Thank you, Awilda. This oh, my God. So I want to cool. go. So cool. Okay. I go. <sighs> so, yes, we'll wrap up. <laughs> All right. So, everybody, decide if you're going to join us on the crazy train. To Hobbiton. <laughs> On the express crazy, crazy train. Yes. And by the time you hear from us again, we will have seen Captain America 2. Yes, we will. There will likely be squealing. I hope it's okay. I told a husband he could come if he could find somebody to watch the Elfling. Oh, yeah. Because he's been trying to have a you know that triple date with us for a yep. while. Yeah, more the merrier. Especially with orgies. That's usually the policy with orgies, <laughs> I think. Okay. On that note. note. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening. You can find old episodes or our show notes at our blog, knit1geek2.emptypockets.org. That's K-N-I-T-1 G-E-E-K-2 dot M-T dash P-O-C-K-E-T-S dot O-R-G. You can also find them at our Ravelry group. Just search Knit One Geek 2 in Ravelry's groups feature. If you'd like to get in contact with us, you can leave a comment at the blog comment on our Ravelry group, or you can send us an email at knitonegeek2 at gmail.com, or you can find us on Twitter at knitonegeek2. Thanks, and keep geeking on!